What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with fireworks? Dynamite. <laughs> okay, that's my dad joke for the morning. I, I was afraid that one was going to bomb this morning, so I'm thankful that you got it. Well, again, thank you for coming to our Independence Day patriotic service, and, and uh, you know, we're thankful to live in a free country that's free from tyranny, and uh, that has not always been the case when we look back to the founding of our nation, that where we were um, under the, the tyranny of a king and under the tyranny of a another nation and uh, but you have you know how many like history here how many like history me too I really I like to study history so I like to go and read things and so I went back and I looked up a little bit of the history of the Declaration of Independence and uh, do you realize that there were 56 signers to the Declaration of Independence and do you realize this when they signed their name to the Declaration of Independence that was like signing their own death warrant. That would have been considered treason for King George, for the King of Britain, and uh, as citizens of Britain, that, that would have been an act of treason. So signing that was a serious thing when they put their name down on the Declaration of Independence. Benjamin Franklin said at the time, he said, uh, as regarding the signing of the Declaration, he said this, he said, we must all hang together, or most assuredly, we shall all hang separately. And he was serious when he said that. If we don't stick together with this, we most assuredly are going to hang separately. You know, of the 56 men who signed the declaration, 12 fought in battles as members of state militias. Five were captured and imprisoned during the Revolutionary War. Seventeen lost property as a result of British raids, and five lost their fortunes in helping fund the Continental Army and state militias. So there was a cost to signing the Declaration. One of the signers, Thomas Nelson Jr. of the Commonwealth of Virginia, he, he was a wealthy man, and uh, he was as then governor of Virginia during the Battle of Yorktown, he ordered American troops to fire upon his own mansion because it had been taken capture, and he said fire upon it because it was commandeered by British General Cornwallis and his men. He lost his mansion. Another signer, Richard Stockton, was a member of the New Jersey delegation, and uh, he had his estate commandeered by the British for use as headquarters, and uh, as they left, the British troops burned all his personal effects, including his libraries, private papers, furniture, and clothes. And then, uh, though Stockton, he was in hiding at the time, he ultimately did not escape capture. A traitor led the British to his position in November 1776, and he was held captive in New Jersey. He was then sent to New York City, where he was imprisoned in a jail reserved for common criminals. He licensed by his treatment, Congress worked with British General William Howe to obtain his release. Then there was a signer, George Walton. During the siege of Savannah, a cannonball broke his leg, which led to his being captured, and he was held captive for nine months. 
and was released in the early fall of 1779. At the same time that he was held prisoner, his wife Dorothy was captured by the British. She was imprisoned on an island in the West Indies, was eventually freed after a prisoner exchange. During this time, their home was ransacked. According to one account, five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. And not only did the signers of the Declaration suffer, there were an estimated 25,000 American soldiers that died in the Revolutionary War, 8,000 in battle, another 17,000 from death and disease. So why did they go through all this? They knew, as Benjamin Franklin said, when we sign this document, there's going to be a cost to signing it. And they knew it, but they signed it anyways. Why did they do that? I'll tell you why they did it. They wanted to be free from oppression, free from tyranny, free from the authority that would held them in bondage. And so they were willing for freedom to pay the cost. You know, I'm sure we're all thankful for that. I hope we're all thankful for that, that uh, to be living to freely and not under an oppressive tyranny. However, I'm here to tell you this, though. I'm here to tell you this, that America as a nation today is not free. It's not free. America is in bondage. Sure, our nation is not in bondage to the tyranny of a wicked king, okay? But our nation is still being oppressed. You know, a famous line of the Declaration of Independence reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm telling you today, most Americans do not have life or liberty and are failing miserably in their pursuit of happiness. America, as a nation, has a problem. You know, I wish I could tell you something different. I wish there was another story to tell, but this is the truth that needs to be told. America has a problem. The nation is in bondage to immorality. It's in bondage to drugs. It's in bondage to fear. It's in bondage to uh, idolatry. It's in bondage to hate. It's in bondage to strife. It's in bondage to jealousy. It's in bondage to envy. It's in bondage to anger. I'm telling you, the nation is in bondage today. It's in bondage to sin. Sure, we're not under a tyrannical uh, dictatorship, but we are under the tyranny of Satan the oppressor. And it's a sad truth. John 8.34 says this, Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You know, Satan has convinced millions to become his servants by a lie that freedom is found with no boundaries. Sin has no boundaries. It is demanding. It says, I want more and I want more and more and it begets more and more sin. Once we have forsaken God, we have become not free but in bondage to sin. And that's the state of our nation today, is in bondage. 
Satan has convinced the world that freedom is being able to do whatever you want. And I'm concerned about young people that are going to believe the lie of the devil that the church is the enemy and the church is the oppressor when the church is the message of the gospel that offers true freedom and real freedom. I'm concerned for our young people that they don't fall for the lie of the devil. Freedom is not found in being able to do whatever you want. Freedom is found in Christ. Satan is a liar. Freedom is found in Christ and Him alone. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus is the truth. Jesus came to set captives free through the blood of Christ. Free from the bondage of sin. Free from immorality. Free from drugs. Free from fear. Free from depression. Free from idolatry. Free from hatred. Free from strife. Free from jealousy. Free from envy, free from anger, free from all sin is found in Christ alone. There is freedom in Christ. My concern today is not only for American, but for Christians. Are you living freely in a bound world? Let me ask that again. Are you living freely in a bound world? Or are you living in bondage to sin? Do you know the freedom that you have in Christ? Do you know what you have in Christ as a Christian? President Abraham Lincoln, when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation September 22nd, 1862, that moment it went into effect was January 1st of 1863. Every slave living in the Confederacy was legally free. But until they knew of their freedom, the legal fact had no impact on their lives. In fact, Union soldiers carried hundreds of thousands of copies of the proclamation and passed them out as they made their way through the South during the war. Let me tell you this. If you are saved here today, you are no longer a slave to sin. Praise God for that. Now, if you would open your Bibles, Romans chapter 6, we're looking at verses 12 through 18. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 18. The Bible says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye shall obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, for your people, Lord. I pray for this nation, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would not fall for the lie, Lord, that freedom is found in doing whatever we want.
but it's found and be in servitude to you. Lord, I pray for the uh, free moving of the gospel in our community, in our nation, the gospel that sets people free. Lord, I thank you for the power of the gospel. I thank you for the promises that are contained in the gospel, Lord. I'm thankful that as Christians, we are truly free. Lord, as we go through this message, Lord, I pray that you would Give me clarity of thought and guide my lips. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as a nation, we have, are not under the, the tyranny of a foreign leader. We're not under the tyranny of a dictator. We're not under the uh, uh, oppression of a, a wicked leader. However, we are under the tyranny of Satan and his demons. When we give in to sin, we are become servants of sin. And that's what we are seeing in this country. But Christian, if you are saved today, you are free from the power of sin. You have truly been set free. And there are three things we are free from, and there is one thing we are freed to. There are three things we are free from and one thing we are freed to. The first one is we are free from the dominion of death. As a Christian, you are free from the dominion of death. The word dominion means authority. Okay, Death no longer has authority over you as a Christian. Jesus conquered death when He died on the cross and He rose three days later. Death no longer has Authority over you as a Christian. Jesus came to give life. He came to give life. Before, we were dead spiritually, but now we are alive unto God. By His death and resurrection, we are justified before God. We are made alive. And get this, we can never be separated from God, which is what death means. Death means to be separated from God. And as a Christian, the moment you got saved, you will never be separated from Christ, ever. Romans 8.38 says this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Death has no authority over the believer. The sting of death has been removed. The fear of death has been removed as a believer. It says Romans 6, 9 says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, that Christ being raised from the dead, death dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died one, to sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, that you and I reckon ye all yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Declaration says, life, liberty. As a Christian, you have life in Christ. True life given to us by grace through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have life and no longer are under the dominion of death. We are free from the dominion of sin. Who is thankful for that? I'm thankful. We all ought to be thankful. Romans 6.14 says, 
For sin shall not have dominion over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. As Christians, we are set free from the power of sin. We are set free from the power of sin. Here is the good news. There's a lot of people in this nation that are in bondage to sin today. But here's the good news. There's an answer. There's a good news. There's the good news is this. Jesus come to set captives free. The answer is Christ. And through the blood of Christ, captives can be set free. For the believer, sin no longer has authority. Before sin had authority. Before sin was our master. Now under Christ, Jesus is our master. We do not have to obey sin. We are under a new king, a new leader. A king that has power over sin. A king that defeated sin. It is through His power we have victory over sin. As a Christian, sin has no power over us. We don't have to sin as a Christian. We choose to sin. Before salvation, we didn't have a choice. Now we have a choice. When we sin, we are choosing sin. We have power over sin as a believer. One day, we'll be free from the presence of sin. And that's when we go to heaven. When we go to heaven, we will be free from the presence of sin forever. There will be no more death, no more suffering, no more tears. That's what we have to look forward to as a Christian is to be free from the presence of sin. But until then, we are free from the power of sin. And see, we are free from the dominion of the law. We are free from the dominion of the law. This is where Christians get tripped up. This is where Christians get tripped up. This is where sometimes we think, I have liberty. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. That is not what it means when we are free from the law. That is not what this means. Sometimes as Christians, we have this attitude. I don't want any rules. I don't want any boundaries. They fall for the lie of Satan. Like I said earlier, the freedom is found without any boundaries. Don't tell me what to do. That is not what this is saying. This is simply means this, that we are not under a law system in our relationship with God. The law was demanding, you see. It was impossible to maintain. We are not under the law, but we are under grace. We are under grace in our relationship to God. Each every and every one of us as a Christian, you can go before God into His throne room, before the throne of grace as a believer. You, you don't have to go through a religious system and through works and everything to approach God. You can go to God because of the grace of God. Because of His blood, you can approach God and go before the throne of grace. But understand this though. There is a law that you are under. You maybe haven't thought about this. There is a law as a Christian that you are under. See, you got to understand this, Christian. We were set free to serve the law of Christ. You are set free to do what you want to do, to do what I want to do, to do everything we want to do. We were set free to serve the law of Christ. 
Just because we're freed from death and sin and law doesn't mean we can do what we want. Romans 6.18 says, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. The servants of righteousness. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God. It says Romans 6.22. You know, the law of Christ is this. It's 1 Corinthians 9.21. I'm going to read it to you. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. What's Paul saying there? He's saying, first of all, his life was surrendered to God to share the gospel with others, to bring others to Christ. And under the law, the way he did this was under the law of Christ. Well, what is the law of Christ? What is it? Okay, it's John 13, 34. Jesus gave a new commandment. He gave this commandment that applies to you, it applies to me, and this applies to every Christian. This is not a uh, if you want to, or a maybe, or a suggestion. It is a commandment from Jesus Christ Himself. It says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. That's a commandment to you and I. And it says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Another, by this, all people shall know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. I tell you what this nation is missing is love. Where's that going to be found? Starts in the church. Starts in the church. We are under the law of Christ, which is to love one another. But what does that mean? What is new about it? He said, a new commandment I give to you. There was other similar commandments to love one another, but what is new about this commandment that Jesus Christ gave to us? He gave us a new commandment. He says this is new. The first part of that is not new, that you love one another. But there is something new in this verse, and it's this. Just as I have loved you. That's the new part. He says, just as I have loved you. So he's saying this. This is how we are to love one another. We are to love each other sacrificially, just as Jesus loved us and gave his body for the church. I think Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 14, will help us understand this. It says this For brethren, for brethren, Christian, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So here's the key. Here is the key to living freely in a bound world. Is to know the liberty you have in Christ, yes, then take that liberty you have not to live for yourself, but use it to love others. And you can remain free in a bound world. That is what this nation needs. Love for others. 
sacrificial love for others. The answer for rescuing this nation out of bondage is the love of Christ. That's the only answer. The bad news is this. As servants of sin, it begets more sin, more sin, and more sin, and more sin. And it, I hate to tell you, it just gets worse. And we see it getting worse and worse and worse in our nation. And it is because of bondage to sin. It is not going to get better unless, until we see revival in this nation. And that's the answer. It's not going to come out of Washington. It's going to come out of the church. We need to pray for revival in our churches. We need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for one another. We need to start doing this in the church. Love one another. Because God said, that's how you'll know that these are my disciples. We have to lead by example. We as God's church, we as the body of Christ, need to set the example. First Corinthians 9.20 says this, To them that are without the law is without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. Look at the last part. That I might gain them who are without the law. Why would anybody want to go to a church with no love? Okay? That's how we gain believers. It's through the love of Christ. I believe... I believe, I know some of this was sound a little doom and gloom at the nation. I think we've got to be honest about it though. But I also believe this. There is power to the Gospel. It's power to set captives free. Maybe you heard here today and you found yourself in bondage to sin once again. I tell you what, it's just one step. One step to freedom. That's one step back to Christ. Ask for forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive you set you free once again to share the gospel with others and to love others. Pray for those that are lost. Pray for our nation. Share the gospel with others. One soul at a time is how we can turn this ship around in this nation. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for the freedom that we have in Christ. Lord, I thank You for the blood of Christ. Lord, thank You that we don't have to fear death. I thank You that we don't have to serve sin. I thank You, Lord, that we can serve Christ, Lord. I thank You, Lord, that You have offered Your grace to us, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that love would abound in the, this church, Your church. I pray, Lord, for the, the lost in this community, Lord, that need to hear the Gospel, Lord. I pray that You'd open our hearts to the truth of Your Word, Lord. Lord, I pray for those that are in captive to the bondage of sin, Lord. Lord, that they would see the lie that they've fallen for, Lord. I pray for this nation. I pray for healing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? And as uh, We're not going to have an invitation, but I'm going to offer a challenge. Would you all make a commitment to pray for this nation throughout this week. We celebrate today. We're thankful for today. But uh, we need a different kind of revolution. We need a revolution that, that the army of God would, would fight in. And that's us, you and I. And so pray for wisdom. Pray that God would use this church. And uh, 
So as we leave here today, let's be thankful we live in a, a nation where we're free, but let's be most thankful that we're free in Christ. Pray for others that he'd bring others into that same freedom that we know.